by drawing that line for the type of business that we wanted to create and the type of experiences we wanted to create that that absolutely had to be done because to the point you brought up and you know i've thought about it a lot is if we make this concession now when do we stop making concessions and if we know that this concession goes against the fiber of the type of culture we're trying to create we're, we're just doing harm to ourselves um, Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. And here we go. What's going on? All right. Uh, well, it's Wednesday today, I think. Yes, it is. Yeah. Halfway I was planning on uh, I was planning on taking a shower and trying to get cleaned up here before the podcast, but that didn't happen. So. Oh well, I mean, you know, you got your your, your hair back. You know, yeah, you're, you're looking good. So you know, you didn't have to say anything. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't need have told me. You know. Need to clean up the beard a little bit here. Yeah. Other than that, you know, nice. We're rolling. We, we are, are rolling here. Yeah. So, what about you? Ah, you know, things are things are just moving along. Honestly, it's going to be a sprint the next five to six weeks as things just continue to to roll along. Um, and Suzanne's wrapping up the school year, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's I've, back I've in the... No, I have no concept of time or school year with homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't have that same feeling of like, oh, yeah, it is kind of time to wrap up the school year, isn't it? Yeah. So she's back in the building four days a week. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, we gotten ourselves, you know, while she was teaching from home, we'd gotten ourselves into a nice little routine of not necessarily having to, I mean, we had to rush out the door, but not rush out the door. Yeah. Now she's, you know, heading out of the house at 730 in the morning. Mm. So it's like a sprint to get up, get stuff together. Yeah. Her get out, me get the kiddo off the babysitting and then get back here so I can start work. You know, it's been an interesting conversation that I've seen happening online where lots of people are talking about one of the unintended uh, positives of the pandemic is that we've kind of slowed things down massively. And that there's a real fear that we're just going to say, okay, let's just go back to that crazy pace that we were at before. And I kind of hope that we find some kind of in-between balance. Yeah. You know? So we shall see. I know, we, you know, we've talked about it a lot. And you and I um, specifically have been talking more about just time and time that we're committing to things and just being more focused. And the, the crazy thing that I have found, and I'm not sure what, what your experience has been, but since I've really been focused on where my time has been spent and trying to do more um, focused blocks of work and um, prioritizing stepping away from work. And I, and I, I don't mean just not doing work, but like physically removing yourself from the environment um, going out for a hike or doing something completely different. What I found is that I am able to produce so much more work 
in a smaller amount of time, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I've been really keeping track of where I spend my time the last week and a half. And one of the things I found is, is so using a little, you know, tool um, called Timular. We'll give them a plug, you know, definitely mm-hmm. try them out. And they, it's a cool tool. Yeah, and they it's this neat little, you know, um, gadget. You know, I'll just use that term, you know, for, for the desk. But like this, it's not a cube. It's you went you went with the same icons I did. Not not the exact the same ones, but the same style. Uh, similar. Right. I've got some of these ones down here. And oh, okay. So you did, like, a, you, did a mi- you did a mix. Yeah. Okay. I went. So, I went all all the same icon style. So yeah. So I've been working the last two weeks. I've been working half here at the home office, half at my parents' house, helping them through some stuff right now. But when I'm here at the desk, like I, I, having this thing is, it gives me that visual representation. So I do. I flip it over when I when I start something, and what I've noticed is I have developed this frantic pace to my work, just subcon, you know, just over the years, this very frantic yeah. pace where I'm, tr- I'm work- literally working on two things at one time. You know, I, I kind of get one thing and then I'll jump over to something else and I'll jump back. It has forced me to say, no, yeah, focus on this. So you're not spreading yourself out all over the place. Um, yeah, I found the same. Um, and it's been really good for me, uh, because the, the fact that I know that the timer is going for that one specific task, not only does it force me not to go off and look at other things, um, which I'm very tempted to do, you know, we all have a little bit where we're, we're kind of scattered in that aspect but it really helps to focus that that's what I'm going to do. Um, that it's like, well, I can't have two timers running. I can't be doing the podcast and working on something for, you know, Harvard business review. I have yeah. to just be focused. Um, and it's, it's really helped me to have that focus time. I don't know if you've set yours up. I think it is set up by default where it gives you a little nag reminders on, on time. Um, if you've worked more than 30 minutes says, Hey, do you want to take a break? Uh, which is awesome because that also plays well with kind of the um, the sprint cycles if you're if you're doing the uh, uh, Pomodoro type of thing. So you're kind of breaking it down into into smaller chunks. I don't know because I just have to, um, I have do not disturb turned on during the day. Oh, okay. So this way, like so you're not text messages come in, got it, got emails it. come in, stuff like that. I don't get distracted by by those things. Got it. Makes sense. That's probably smart. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it, it's one of those things like, yeah, I have, that's a, a bad habit that I didn't realize I had is, is I've even noticed within a 15 minute period, cause it's got the little clock running up in the toolbar is yeah. I would have changed topics like three to four times in a 15 minute period. Yeah, we do. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. this bouncing around. Now, I have created like this catch all. Cause one of the things I'm really trying to get back into the habit of doing is checking emails, answering emails during the morning and then closing it out. And not looking at it until probably the end of the day. Yeah, so um, I'll be I'll be interested in yours. So I have um, I do have an an email task, um, but it's also kind of more of a. Oops, I just killed my timer. <laughs> it's it's also more of a. I don't want to say a catch all, but there's a lot of things that that email task does, and I mm-hmm. and I almost exclusively limit that to the early hours of the morning, and I'm typically spending between thirty and. 
well, 30 minutes in an hour on that task every morning. And what that is for me is it's both processing my email. So I'm typically at inbox zero. So it's, it's, it's processing all of my email and I do uh, one of two things. Um, if, and sorry, this probably isn't even the topic of today's conversation, no, but it's giving me a good segue. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun one. Um, and maybe we should have it a, as a future conversation, but if I can action it, meaning if it's going to take less than five minutes of my time, I just get it done. And so even if I'm doing client work or sales work, I don't start a new timer from that. It's just, I'm just doing some odds and ends and cleaning up. If it's less than five minutes, I'll do it. If it's, if it's more than five minutes, um, I have a separate app um, that I move all of that stuff over to that um, I need to come up for a new name for it. So it's my workflowy app that I've got set up in such a way that it's a master inbox. I call it my garbage collector. So everything that comes up, whether uh, it's a chat, whether it's something in this that reminds me to do something, whether someone pings me on Slack, um, rather than like just saying, Oh, I need to react to that right now. It goes to my garbage collector. And I, and I bucket it into different things like general sales, marketing and branding. Then I have separate buckets for each client and everything goes, goes into there. So then after I process my email, I'm, I should be at inbox zero. I'll then go to my garbage collector and say, okay, what five to eight things can I realistically accomplish today? And I'll move them off of there into my today list and say, these are the five things that I'm going to get done today. Um, and it has been such an incredibly productive way to, to view things. And some people say like, Oh, you only get five things done a day. The reality is, is that's probably two X of what I was getting done before. Uh, because what I was doing is like you, I was working on a little something here and here and here. And like within a 15 minutes time span, I touched maybe four things, but they didn't really move forward very far. And they just got drug out and drug out and drug out here. I'm committing. It's like these six things I will absolutely get done today. And every day I'm knocking five or six things off that list. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, and it's been awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how things look in another week or so with it really, again, like focusing on just, yeah. Like once you pick up a task, move it forward significantly, if not done. Um, yeah. And cause that, that's the thing with email. Like one of the things I've noticed is, is, you know, I, since I've gotten out of the habit of, checking email in the morning, closing it out, doing my work, and then checking it later in the day. And in those the beginning and end of day segments, just getting stuff cleared out, getting replies out is, you know, I'll, I'll see an email and I'll think about it all day instead yes. of just sitting down, taking the two, three, five, even six, seven minutes to reply to it, get it done and get it out of the way. I just think about the reply all day. That, that is a hundred percent correct. And, and I need to, and I'm going to probably put this in my garbage collector. I need to go research the study or the article that talked about this phenomenon in the, um, concept of bills. Now this was a while ago when we actually had paper bills in the mail and we got out the checkbook and you probably remember your parents sitting at the table doing bills yep. on the weekend. Right. Um, and the, the whole point of the, the article was that most people, and, I, and I'm going to completely script the numbers, but I'm just going to throw it out there for conversation's sake. Most people would touch a bill. So you get the bill out of the mail. Um, and for you kids, this is like a you know piece of paper that someone would send you and say, you owe us $100. Um, you would get that in the mail. You would open it up or you would just leave it in the envelope and you would set it somewhere. You know, everyone has like a counter by their junk drawer or whatever you call it back east where stuff just collects. And yep. 
Everybody and, uh, has those. Everybody has it. And 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 again, this number is probably not what was in the article, but they basically said something like, on average, people would pick up and look at that bill five or six times before they actually actioned it, meaning before they actually paid the bill. And not only was it the picking up the bill, but every time they picked it up, it to your point, it it forces a context switch. And then you spend time thinking about it. And then you have to concept switch out of it. And it's and 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 I can't remember how many minutes or hours they say were wasted on just picking it up and putting it back down versus just getting it done. Not only in the time of not doing it, but the time that you're wasting in that context switching. Um, and so I, I found the same thing for myself with kind of the inbox and other things. That's why I've went to inbox zero is if I can action it right now, boom, it's done, pay the bill. If I can't, I'm going to put it in another bucket and do it later, but it's going to be, I'm not going to think about it. It's gone. It's out of the mm-hmm. inbox. Yeah. So. And it's along the same lines of an article I've referenced a couple times in episodes. It's a, a Forbes article from a few years ago. And it was talking about like, why do certain executives wear the same thing every day? Mm-hmm. You know, they've got 10 of the same shirt, five of the same pair of pants. You know, they've got the same thing that they wear every day or only, you know, some people may even just go like two or three variations of it. They don't have this wide ranging wardrobe for work every day. They wear the same thing. Um, And it was because it was talking about, and this is where, you know, it, it ties in with context switching is that it, you know, you have a cognitive capacity every day. You have mm-hmm. a limit to the decisions that you can make every day. That's right. And what a lot of those people found is, is to put their focus towards what they're the most important stuff. They got the routine stuff out, or they made other decisions routine. They yeah. got the lesson. They made the less important decisions routine. So it's not, what am I wearing today? What is this? What is that? It's limit the number of decisions you have to make. <clears throat> yeah. No, and, it's, and that's it's, the thing with context switching constantly, you know, trying to get back into that habit of answering all email first thing in the morning and then closing it out. It's not that one email that I keep thinking about right. and taking me away from what I what else I have to do. Yeah, that's such a powerful, powerful concept. And I think once you're able to recognize that it, it massively increases what you can do. Again, we started off talking about the fact that in less time, I'm doing more work. And it seems the opposite, especially in consulting, um, where we hear people talk about, well, consultants are a special breed, you know, they're robots, they can work 70, 80 hours a week. I'm like, we can't, absolutely not. We're not special. You know, we can't do those hours. And I found that myself, like, the more that I start pushing over 40 or anywhere close to 40, and let's be honest, like, very focused work, my, my, ability to create diminishes drastically i just mentally i can't do it i I just can't go that hard and so we we convince ourselves that we can and maybe we are creating a lot of output but the quality of it is so degraded that we end up doing more and more work because we have to fix and retool you know Mm -hmm. it's better to have that less focused time and do it really really well yeah And, and and every time you have to go back and fix something you know you're essentially giving away free work yeah you're, you're spending effort on something that you've already been paid for and you're not going to get paid for again, or it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's free effort. Yep. Yep. So I'm interested to see how you're going to transition this. Yeah. We, so, we, uh, we took the intro pretty far out this time. This was, I mean, this is a, a, a very fun topic, but, but it's really good. Cause it's talking about keeping your time focused on what is most valuable. 
you know, and, you know, not always, you know, it, the most valuable isn't always work that you're going to get paid for, but it's the most, the, the stuff that's going to drive the most value for you personally, for your company and for your, your customer. Yeah. Where is something where everybody benefits from? Um, so what I thought of is, is, you know, the question I want to talk about this week is, is, you know, when should you give away free work? If mm. Because if you think about it, we're always kind of told like, you know, you need to give, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, cause this could go in multiple different directions. This is not the, you know, expecting to receive before you give philosophical argument. It is not. <coughs> but if you think about it this way, you know, when we're in college, you know, we're told that we need to take an unpaid or two unpaid internships to gain experience and set us up for, for a good career. You know, we talked last week, our, our intro last week, and we were talking about my internship and it wasn't unpaid, but it was cl as close to unpaid as you could, you could get. I think I got like $125 every two weeks mm -hmm. uh, for, for that. Um, you know, after we're after we started our career, we're told you know at times that we need to take one for the team and that we'll get rewarded later. You know, put in the extra effort now, and you're going to get rewarded later. And you know, you know, I bet you you've gotten it too. Is like you know, if you're owning a business, you got to give away free stuff to get exposure. Um, yeah, you know, like that. That's a common one. You um, so should you give away work? You know, should you work for free? And again, this is not the philosophical argument of you need to give before you can receive. It is not that. It is, um, you know, I think our, our friend Randy has mentioned multiple times, like, you know, all the effort he put in in the, the open, so, open source software community. You know, yeah. a lot of effort. We're talking hours upon hours upon hours of effort he put in there. Um, so yeah. does it really benefit to, to give away free work? man, I don't even know where, where to start. Um, because yeah, it's, it's such a nuanced discussion, you know, speaking of, of kind of Randy and creating for open source, um, and doing things for the community. I mean, we do that all the time. Um, if you think about it, whether we're producing work or we're just providing value through conversations, we do that, right? If we're on social media and we're helping someone out or someone says, Hey, can I have 15 minutes of your time? That's, that's working for free if we're, we're just giving it away. And I think there, there definitely should be some kind of a balance between doing that and then your, your work. Um, so let's kind of take that off the table. And our, our, uh, our, our friend Evan LaPointe has um, a nice way of doing that. He said he often talks to people and says, look, you really need to define what you're willing to do for free and what you absolutely get paid for. And most of us don't have that conversation. And, and I think that's a really healthy place to start. You know, that's a good I'll, point. I'll write blog posts for free, you know, uh, what well, we, we give a podcast away for free. Um, you know, there are things that we do for free and then there are things that we are absolutely paid to do. Uh, and I think that it's important to be clear on that, especially when you're in professional services. Um, you know, think about someone in your family that may be a tax preparer or a lawyer, how easy it is to say, Hey, you know, you are cousins. Can you give me, can that 30 minutes of your time to do some, give me some advice on this uh, contract. It's, it's really unfair because that's what they get paid to do. And just because they're mm -hmm. family, maybe we get a discount, but you know, we should be paying them for what we, they get paid to do. And, and when we're clear and set that intentionality, I think it puts us in a good place on, on the broader discussion of kind of a foot in the door and getting experience. 
I'm a no way type of person. No way should you do that for free. Um, and I get really, really emotional and irritated about the free internship and maybe because I've been burned by it and I'll, I'll share that, that story. But if, if you're doing work, you should get paid. And the argument is, well, well, you're not qualified. And dude, none of us are qualified. Even for doing this, I'm not qualified. I, and I posted on LinkedIn about this yesterday. I'm like so much of what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure out as I go. So stop with, you know? Yeah. And I want to make a quick side point to that because it's, it's funny. Maybe it was about a year or two ago that I came to that realization that nobody knows what they're doing for the longest time. I thought, wow, when I get to that point, like this person or that person who just knows what they're doing, they have it all together. No. Yeah. I, I kind of came to that realization too. I'm like, nobody <laughs> knows what they're doing and they're figuring it out as they go along. And we get more experienced and we do have more tools to call upon. And, and a lot of that comes from not knowing what we're doing and failing at things and saying, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Um, so for sure there's, there's more experience to it, but it, it, it's a, it's a fallacy to believe that everyone has everything figured out. And, and I think it's what ultimately holds us back. I know just speaking personally, it's held me back and continues to in some areas, you know, I've become more and more comfortable with running a certain type of business, but even kind of expanding what we do at 33, six is hard for me. Cause I think, well, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, so I can't do it. I'm like, no, no one knows how to do that unless they've kind of specifically gone down that path. Um, and you know, I, I faced that lots in lots of areas of life where it's like, man, I really want to do that, but I talk myself out of it because I don't know how to do it. We don't, that's how we, that's how we face everything. We just, we never know how to do it. We have the fundamentals and we have experience and just think about, you know, think about your baby, your boy, you know, like this, did he know how to walk? Did he know how to crawl? No. Like he had the fundamental tools to figure it out, but like you have to fall down. You have to like look mm -hmm. awkward for a while. Cause we don't know, we don't know how to do it. We're not born just knowing how to do it. Um, and so we have to go through actually doing it in order to know how to do it. And that's, really awkward and uncomfortable, but the outcomes are, are very rewarding. And so I reject that argument wholeheartedly that, you know, we shouldn't pay people that are doing an internship because they don't know what they're doing. I mean, we could have that same argument. It's like, well, we can't pay him as a CEO, you know, $50 million, you know, there, you know, because he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, that should be the argument, right? Like, you, you, these guys that get into these high level CEO, they have no idea. I mean, they have a lot of tools, they have a lot of experience, but are they ultimately qualified for what exactly? No, they're going to figure a lot of it out as they go. So we shouldn't pay them. No, that's nonsense. We should pay them. Right. And yeah, it's, it's the same for internships. You want to be on the podcast? Dog wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, she's too noisy guarding the house though. My neighbor, so quick aside, my, my neighbor really wants to be friends with with this little dog and I don't know why so she comes over anytime I have the dog out front my neighbor comes over and just tries to like be friends with her I'm like this dog I don't know what it is I don't know if it's because she's female or because she's small but she is on high alert protector like she don't want anybody coming around this house <laughs> so it's funny um so yeah I mean I I am not a I am not a fan of doing free work as an internship to get your foot in the door and I've talked about this on social and I get the I get the predictable pushback well but you know someone is going to take it you know someone else that is going to willing to do it for free is going to get in and they're going to get it done and you know you're the one that's not going to get the opportunity because you weren't willing to take it for free I'm like but if you're willing to do that when are you when do you stop be willing to mm -hmm. do that and and that's that's a concern 
and I guess that that's a good like secondary question to just the broader question when you should give it where you work for free because once you start doing that, where's the line? Mm-hmm. When do you stop? You mm-hmm. know, because then it's you know the the next carrot is well the first carrot is is with the internship it's like this gets you experience which is going to help you have a nice job right at, you know as you graduate college. Then the next carrot is is yeah you got to put in some late that's nights right, right now. Uh, you know, and, and the I mean, if you want, if you want to get into upper management, you're going to have to, you know, sacrifice and do this. And it's like, when does it yeah. end? Yeah. Because then end? the, the, the caveat is, is, and I'm going to use you as an example is, you know, the character you've probably gotten is, is, well, if you just come in and help us with this assessment, it'll yeah. set us up for yeah. great engagement. Long-term. We got some long-term plans. We just need you to do this for us on the cheap or for free. Yeah. <laughs> How many times is it, has it like worked out? less than no. half <laughs> yeah i mean maybe one here and there but it's 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 nonsense no you're you, you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna work on future promises there's massive value to what i can deliver for you so pay me right and my my story on this goes back to, to college and it left some very deep emotional scars on me that i don't know if i'll ever get over um and i can still hear my graduate professor's voice the day I graduated I I was sitting in his office seventh floor Logan Utah Utah State University business building overlooking the campus I I heard him tell me Jason if you continue to do the if you continue to operate the way you operate people are going to take advantage of you your entire career and it was a cap to what ended up happening the previous year so I was a graduate student um, in the information systems department at Utah State. Um, I had two jobs. I was teaching an upper division course uh, on software design, which I did get paid paid for by by way of not having to pay tuition, which was awesome. That part worked Mm -hmm. out well. Um, But I was also building um, an expert system um, that helped diagnose disease in plants which at the time I thought was such a really cool concept. I mean, we're talking in the 90s that I was doing this. Um, and the idea was we were going to build kiosks that would be in local nurseries that you could go up to with a touchscreen and say, you know, this is what my plant looks like. And it would spit back, well, you're overwatering it. And here's how you would fix that. Um, and I put, I don't know how many hours. I was not keeping track of time at this point. I Late nights, weekends, hours into building this thing. And the promise always was, we're going to submit a grant proposal. And within that grant proposal is going to be back pay for all of the time that you've put into building this, this platform. And uh, three weeks before I graduated, the grant proposal got funded. We got the funding we were looking for, which was awesome. And I remember the, my professor calling me into the office saying, I appreciate everything that you've done, all of the free work to get us here. I know I promised you pay for that. I'm in a tough spot right now. Um, you're graduating in three weeks and I know you're leaving campus and I've got a new graduate student coming in that I want to help kind of fulfill the vision of getting this into nurseries and, and building out the actual kiosks. And I'm going to use that money to pay him to, to do that work. Ouch. And I'm like, man, I, I, I learned the lesson. I'm ho- glad I learned it early. The hard way, the hard way of don't fall for that promise of you're getting your foot in the door. 
there's going to be future work. You know, we'll pay you. We'll make up for that time where we didn't pay you or we paid you on the cheap. Nope, I'm not going to do it and nor should, nor should anyone else. I mean, look, these, these companies makes incredible amounts of money. Um, the, the fact that they're not willing to pay is just, they're, they're, they're looking to be cheap and they're looking to use that money somewhere else. So if they don't appreciate that work enough to pay for it, man, stay away. They've got the money to pay for it. You're creating value. I don't care how qualified quote unquote you are or not. You're creating value for, for that company and you deserve to get paid for that. So that's my painful story on, on that topic and unpaid internships with promise of future pay. Yeah, that, that, that's painful. Yeah. You know, I just have to ask, what was your response when you got that? Did you flip a chair? No, I, I was completely in shock. I'm probably a little like emotional on the verge of like tears. Like, I don't even know what to say to this. I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I think I kind of just got up and walked out of the office and that was the last time I was there. I'm like, that's that, you know, I, I was just, I, I was a much different personality back then. Um, I think having run a business the last eight years and been in positions to build out teams for multiple years before that, I think I've, developed i don't want to say a thick skin but i've found my voice i guess there's the right way to put it uh in that you know very early in my career i was extremely shy extremely timid um i'm already a very introverted personality that introvert introverted personality hasn't changed one bit um but standing up for myself has changed uh, because definitely early in my career i was I was not going to rock the boat. I was not going to have hard conversations. Now I'm like, I'm completely fine with doing that. I feel completely comfortable doing that, but it took, it took a long time to get there. So. Well, that just happened blows. Like, I mean, that, that <sighs> yeah. was more painful than I thought it was going to be. When You know, and again, it's like, it's, it's, it's something that I vividly remember to this day. I, I graduated in 1999 so you know that was a while ago and uh i vividly remember that day and i'm like this is gonna stick with me a while and you know ultimately maybe it was for the best in that situation um that maybe the value i ended up getting out of that was it it fundamentally started to shift and change the way that i was going to to operate with that said i i still (laughs) would have preferred it had gone down the the other way, but you live and learn. And again, these are, this kind of goes back to our conversation of, we just don't know, you know, none of us know everything. And, um, it's, it's, it's okay to go through those situations where you kind of get burned a little bit to learn with that said, you know, listen to, listen to most people where they'll tell you it's okay to also get paid while you get burned and learn a, a bit. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I, I just, it's, it's just a very sensitive topic with me and I just, I can't, I can't think of too many scenarios where it makes sense, especially for these businesses again, that are making just boatloads of, of money to not pay interns. Um, so, and we haven't, we've never hired interns at 33 sticks, although at my previous company we, we did and I fought hard and we absolutely paid a really good wage to every intern. Um, and 
I just felt good going to sleep at night knowing that we weren't taking advantage of these kids because they were smart, super smart kids. Um, in fact, one of them, Juwanza Joseph, um, if you're connected with him on LinkedIn, he's here in the Utah tech scene, just brilliant kind of data scientists. We got tons of value out of him and he had like two months of real world experience, you know, so um, pay your freaking interns, man. You know, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing. So then I'm going to assume that now 22 years later, someone comes to you and says, you know, hey, if you can help us do this, you know, um, significantly discounted, we don't know who you are. Um, it'll really help you get in the, get the door. You know, I'm assuming then your, your, your response is no. Yeah, it's no. And I explain it. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's like, look, I, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this, but I know what we can do, what our team does. It's extremely valuable. And, um, you know, I, and, and I, and I, I try to be very empathetic about it. I say, look, I, I appreciate that, you know, you're coming with what you feel is valuable, that there's long-term value to, to doing this. And that's great. Let's, let's have that conversation. But the work that we do is, is far too valuable to give it away um, or even to discount it. Um, and, you know, we've, we've defined a few of these things that we just draw a very firm line on and we don't waver on it. And as I've talked to other agency owners and people looking to, to start up uh, companies, it's, it's something they really challenge me on and say, how can you do that? You know, because early on, like maybe you just take whatever comes your way, or if it really is a potential big opportunity, you know, back to the internship discussion. Well, if you don't do it for free, someone else will, um, you know, that's fine if that's the way you want to run your business. But what we found is that by drawing that line for the type of business that we wanted to create and the type of experiences we wanted to create that, that absolutely had to be done because to the point you brought up and, you know, I've thought about it a lot is if we make this concession now, when do we stop making concessions? And if we know that this concession goes against the fiber of the type of culture we're trying to create, we're, we're just doing harm to ourselves. Um, and we can try to, um, we can try to say, well, it's got long-term value in mind the same way that an intern may say, well, there may be future value for me there. It's a big gamble and risk that you're taking for a company that has no, will have no qualms about not sticking up to their verbal commitment to you of, well, potential future opportunity. Screw that. Get that locked in. You know, if you yeah. value what you do, get it locked in. You know, you deserve that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of reminded me, it reminds me of, um, you know, as some of the stuff, like as, as we were expecting, you know, uh, the kiddos arrival, you know, of course I started going through some of the, the, the stereotypical, you know, what to, what to expect when you're expecting Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And there was this one book I, I got it on an audio book because I've listened to it. I'm doing chores around the house or outside cutting the lawn and whatnot. And, you know, it was, um, you know, like how to really make sure you, you know, you, you, you develop good sleeping habits with your child. Cause mm-hmm. they said like good, you know, good sleeping habits lead to these good habits, lead to these good habits, which lead to these healthy habits. Mm-hmm. And at one point, like, you know, they, they, they talk about like with certain things, like, you know, like you, you, you have to be aware of 
the negotiating you're doing with the baby up front. Yeah. Because it sets these subtle patterns that just continue and continue and continue as the child grows. And it's like, if you're giving in to an infant, you know, you're going, when do you stop giving in when they're a toddler? when they're mm-hmm. three, when they're four, when they're five, right. right? Like you, like, they're like, your baby is so impressionable right off the bat. Subtle. Like if you're trying to set, you know, healthy routines for the baby, uh, you know, cause again, like healthy routines when they're infants lead to good eating habits when, when they're toddlers and, yeah. you know, you know, young children. And, you know, it's like, and it's, it wasn't one of these like super rigid books. Like, you know, like there's those parenting practices that are like super, super rigid. This is when we eat and this is it. And like, not that, but just yeah. setting some nice, healthy routines. Um, and they're like, but the one thing that stuck out at me was like, if you're going to be constantly giving in to, to an infant, when do you draw the line? Because yeah. that, that, that infant turns into a toddler who's going to expect that you're going to give them everything that they want. Yeah. And that toddler's going to turn into a six-year-old that's going to expect that you're going to give them everything that they want. Yeah. And it's such a perfect analogy for, for business and doing it for free because it's framing that expectation in the most impressionable time. And um, I, I think it absolutely plays out that way that um, if you do it for free, if you do it for a discount, you've set that that's the expectation. And mm-hmm. now your whole trajectory in that relationship is going to be that much more challenging. You have to give more than the other side. Yeah. You have to give, you have to give more and you have to give, you have to, you know, if I'm doing this in business and I say, you know what? Yeah, I'll do this. I'll do this assessment um, for free um, or I'll do it at a discount. And then it comes due and they're like, okay, well, let's talk about future work. Awesome. That was the promise, right? There's future work behind this. They say, well, you know, you kind of gave us this rate for this other project. I'm assuming we're somewhere similar. Wait a minute, guys. You know, we did this at a discount at your request, but you now have that that hole that you have to dig out of. So I, I love the analogy with setting the expectation with a child early on, it's the same with the business relationship. And, and, and even more than that, I think it helps just to find the relationship. So again, I think you need to be either as a business owner or as an employee um, or as a customer, you need to be clear on what your expectations are for that relationship. And if you want a relationship that is on level ground, then you need to make decisions that are going to ensure that it's on level ground. If I'm going in as an intern and I'm, do you remember the Simpsons episode where Homer quit the nuclear plant? Oh yeah. He burned every bridge. And then quite he had, literally walked and then, in out the door. And then when he went back, do you remember what they made him do? He had to grovel and he had to basically crawl through this little door. Little which door. Up, that's yeah. A, that's such a great visual, right? Because that's what we're, we're doing to like these interns and people that are taking concessions is we're saying, all right, grovel and crawl through this little door. You know, you're less than the people that walk through the normal door. And it sets that expectation that we're, we're not equals. And that's not right. You know, we need to be respected and and seen um, and valued for, for who we are. And to set that expectation up front that we're crawling through the little door because we're an intern rather than an employee, that it makes it a very difficult transition um, to, to get that respect back. And look, I, I know people are going to listen to this and say, well, wait a minute, I was an intern and I didn't get paid and now I'm VP of blah, 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 fine. That's awesome. 
But in the big scheme of things, we have to be realistic of what that is doing. And it's very difficult to fight against. Sure, there are people that have been incredibly successful going down that path. But on the whole, if we look at the full data set, most people aren't. Um, Mm -hmm. And they learn the hard way. And again, that experience is good experience. But there's no reason to get good experience for free if you can get paid to do it. Yeah. Uh, It makes me think we touched on this a bit last week. But I think I told you kind of like one of the lessons I learned years ago. Um, uh, A while back, I was working on the agency side for, you know, of of the one company I was working for. Um, You know, and I routinely worked with clients that were on, you know, from the platform, but the agency, you know, did work with them. And like, I was just being overloaded, just constantly and working late nights, working weekends. And, you know, no matter how much I said, like, there's more work than I can do here. It was like, okay, we'll eventually get somebody. And, you know, in my, the, 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 my twisted thinking, I'm like, well, I'll show them. I'm yeah. going to book all <laughs> this time on my timesheet. And when they see I'm putting in 60 hours a week, they're going to realize that they're burning me out. No, you dumbass. You, you just the showed them that I'm <laughs> going to keep working yeah. and they don't have to hire somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You fell for the trap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally yeah. did. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's so incredibly unfortunate. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull up this guy's, um, reply to me on LinkedIn here. Give me a second as I go through it. So I, I, um, someone on LinkedIn posted something like, um, what's the most important skill that you can learn? Um, if you know, you were to go back. So he, the question was, what is the top skill you recommend people develop to maximize their chances of success in their career? Um, and his recommendation was, uh, communication skills. Um, for me, I said, my recommendation is, is empathy and uh not the not the poster of the article some other uh some other guy jumped in and said eh, you know i i don't know if i if i buy that um you know in in, in the business world you're gonna have to work with um people that are just ruthless and aggressive and you know screw it screw empathy i'm like i don't i don't disagree that that's how work has happened um doesn't make it right. and doesn't mean that we should continue that. And here's the one, here's the line that he came back with that just like hit me upside the head. He said, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been working for 46 years. I've seen how people uh, progress through, um, through corporations and how they rise in the ranks. Um, and here's what I'll, I'll tell you is if you're going to be successful, you have to understand the game and play the game and remember that feelings don't count. And I'm like, man, what a shitty way to live your life. You know, like that. And, and it is, it, that's, that's this corporate standard that we've come to expect that this is a game and leave your feelings at the door. And if you have to stab even your closest friend in the back to get that next raise or that you do that, you know, screw what other people feel. I'm like, this is such a toxic, toxic culture. And it's so rampant in most corporations and it's just, it's, it's nonsense. We are humans um, and we feel, and it just, it just sickens me that we think that, but that's how so many companies run. They don't give a crap that Jim's burnt out. You think they care that it makes you feel tired and you hate your life. They don't care. 
all they care about is, well, can we trick Jim into working more hours so we can increase our margins so we can get bigger bonuses? That's all they care about. Mm-hmm. That's And that sucks. It really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. And I mean, to, to, to start putting a bow on it and even tie it back to last week, it, it it's this, you know, <laughs> grind it out mentality of, you know, and, and yeah, I think the, these two episodes actually tie together really, really well. And, you know, like, you know, how do you get free work out of people? Yeah. You, know, you got to grind, 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 you know, give away as much as you can to get exposure and then you'll be rewarded down the road. And yeah, yeah I think you, you started this off. Perfect. It's everybody's got to, to frame and define what are they willing to give away for free? And what, you know, what's the reason for that? Yeah. We, we, we don't put a paywall up for this podcast. You know, part of it is it's a creative outlet for us that this is, this is something fun to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I are paying it forward because we've both talked about how we've gotten to where we are through the content others, people, others have produced. So we're not going to shut the door behind us. You know, for those that are coming up behind us, we want to find a way to, to share. Yeah. So the, this is <clears throat> this, you know, almost in a way it's like us, our, our efforts here are to pay back others who've put content out ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think this is a good way to kind of wrap it up, but le- let me leave you with one more story because I think it really helps to, to illustrate the point. And I think a lot of us probably have had this happen to us, regardless of what our, we're all, we all have experience and expertise in something. And oftentimes our family and friends ask us for that expertise. And if we aren't clear on here's what I do for free and here's what I get paid for, it ultimately is a negative experience for everybody involved. And so let me give you a quick example. So let's say you're you know, a programmer or an IT guy, maybe you're a lawyer, and you have a family member that comes to you and says, hey, can you help me, help me out with this? Most people will say, yeah, yeah, no problem. But in reality, what ends up happening? The, the family member gets deprioritized. I have paying clients ahead of you. I, I kind of push it off. Maybe I do a half-assed job at it. I kind of hurry through it. So it's not my best work. I'm not creating a great experience for that family member. Now the family member looks at me and it's like, oh, I thought this guy was really, really good at what he did, but this was a crappy experience. So, you know, we, we think that it's this major turnoff by telling someone, I would love to help you with that, but I get paid to do that. Do you want to talk about what that looks like? Instead, we say, ah, well, you're a friend, you're a family member, I'll do it for free. It ultimately ends up backfiring from us because they end up getting a worse quality product um, and a bad experience. It would have just been much better up front to have that clear cut conversation of, Mm -hmm. I do some stuff for free, I do some stuff that I'm paid for, which one of those do you want to have a conversation about? Be happy to talk with you about that. And can I add something to that? Yeah, yeah. And then also, there's also another side that starts to happen is, is a lot of times those kinds of requests start out with something very quick. You yeah. know, it's hey, just, can, uh, it's just this. Can you, <laughs> can you come over? Just take, just take a look at this. And then it starts to explode and explode and explode. And next thing you know, you're doing this massive job. It's well, you've already set the expectation that you'll look into this for free. You'll look, you'll, yeah. you'll do this. So where do you draw the lines? Like, whoa, now we're, we're, we're way beyond where we're, what the original thing was. And you know, again, the, the, the conversation goes south. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So here, Hey, look, get, get paid. 
Um, insist that you get paid. I love this framework that Evan came up with. I got to give him credit for it. I wish I could take credit for it. I can't. Um, but I love this framework of I do a lot of things for free. I do a lot of things I get paid for. Which one of those things do you want to talk about? Happy to have a conversation about either one of them. It's it's mm-hmm. such a non-threatening way to have that conversation. And then I would say as, as someone that is a giver of services, um, be clear on that. Be, be clear on that intention. And if you're the receiver of services, especially for family members and friends, insist on paying. It's just the right way. Like, I know like they'll want to do it for free and I know that, that that's awesome, but man, you know, respect their skills. I have family members that are electricians and I'll have them come over because I'll have projects. I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to, it's fun to hang out. I'm gonna do it for free. I'm like, dude, I'm paying you. I don't care what you say. I'm going to find some way to get you the money because I respect your skill. It's something I don't have and you deserve to be paid for that. I appreciate yeah. you want to do something nice for me. That's cool. But this is what you do and this is what you get paid to do. You should be paid for it. Yeah. It, it's like when, when you have people come help you move at mm-hmm. a minimum order food and drinks. Yeah. At a minimum. Yeah. You know, you know once the job's done, we're going to order a bunch of food. We'll have drinks. We'll be able to sit and relax. Yep. It's the right way to do it, man. Yeah. It just feels better. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I know we've talked about trying to bring this down to like a 30 minute runtime. I don't think it'll ever happen. Because we, 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 we <laughs> hit our groove about 25. I know. It does take a while to ramp up the engines a bit. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we hit our groove about 25 minutes and then, yeah, we start wrapping up about the 45 minute mark. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think this is, you know, don't want to go much longer than this. But I was, yeah. I was thinking yeah. as we get, as we we're getting started, it's like, yeah, I think 30 minutes is just way too short. <laughs> Yeah. Well, 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 we continue to refine. Hopefully people, yeah. some people stick with us for the good gems at the end here. Yeah. Well, cool, man. All right. Thank you much. See you. Catch everybody later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.